Welcome to the podcast, the special event studio, COVID Conversations. My name is Scott North. I am the sales manager for TO Live. TO Live manages the three City of Toronto theaters, Meridian Hall in the St. Lawrence Centre downtown and Meridian Arts Centre uptown. My responsibility is to get private, non-ticketed special events into all three venues. We were about to launch the special event studio podcast when COVID-19 hit. Because we are now living in a different world, we want to get some perspective from my colleagues in the event industry and how they are managing. Welcome to the podcast, the special event studio, COVID Conversations. Will, how are you doing today? Not too bad, Scott. Not too bad. Hanging it's, in there. It, and it's, it's, it's uh, I still can't believe we're, 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 we're a number of weeks into the pandemic. And uh, sometimes I just, it, it's surreal. You start to see the commercials on TV and, and uh, that, that are all relating to this world that we live in now. So it's, it's been a long time. Yeah. You're hearing a lot of talk about the new normal or that we're not going to go back to the way that it was. Right. And I think that's, that's something I've been thinking about and, and talking with, you know, people my age, we're all wondering, you know, this is this is like this is the the big big event for for this decade. It's already I mean we're already the one year into that decade, but this will change the way everything works from for, for going forward, right? You know, and, oh, absolutely everything. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Everything. Our next guest is an on-air personality for Fox Sportsnet Detroit. He's a reporter, host, and anchor. He's a four-time Emmy winner, and he's also a fellow Dresdenite. Trevor Thompson, welcome to the podcast. Scott, it's a pleasure to be on with you. And uh, all those things that you just ran down, uh, I tell everybody who has ears to hear, none of that would have happened were it not for you, personally. You, Scott North from Dresden, Ontario, who introduced me to Ron McLean, who hooked me up with my first job in the business as a runner for Hockey Night in Canada. And uh, as they say, the rest is history. But I owe it all to you. And your kindness and uh, <laughs> networking back in the day. So thank you very much for the career that you uh, sent me on the way on. Trev, well, well, you're very welcome. And I, uh, I'm i blushing here, buddy. Uh, I, I didn't expect to start off that way. and uh, But thanks. Well, that's where it all starts, Scott, or that's where it all starts. I, I remember that. I, I do remember that. So that's, hey, man, you've had you've had a heck of a career. And, and congratulations on that. I, I, I knew you were a multiple Emmy. I, I followed your career, but I did. I thought you had three. You got four. When when was the last one? Uh, the last one was several years ago. I don't remember exactly the year, but I got nominated last year and again this year, and uh, came up short. So I don't know if number five's ever coming. But um, <laughs> it's, they can't take the ones away from me that you've that's, already got. So I'll just right, live buddy. with that for now, gratefully. Four, a four is a nice number. So, uh, as I said, Trevor's a, a fellow Dresdenite. We grew up together. So, so uh, if you, you know, calling him nicknames. Dresden's a big nickname town. So if you hear me say Trev or T or uh, anything else, that's uh, because we all had nicknames. So, Trev, um, we, we're, in, we're deep into this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, your life revolves around events or sporting events. Um, <clears throat> Can you tell us a little bit about what, what you were doing before all this started? 
Well, um, we were in Washington to take on the Capitals. Um, the game was scheduled for March 12th. We were in uh, Washington on the 11th, and that's when the NBA shut down. And then we were all wondering whether or not the NHL would play the following night. So we sat around the hotel that morning waiting for word. Then Gary Bettman came out and said that the NHL was going to go on pause. So everybody scrambled that day. They got the plane ready, and we left uh, Washington in the afternoon of the 12th. Didn't play the game that night, obviously, not knowing what was going to happen next. But what has happened next is ever since March 12th up until last week, uh, I was without work. I was at home. We did a few Zoom casts and some podcasts and um, had some fun with a few guys online. But uh, no live events. Really didn't leave the house much other than to do a little golfing, which was really my um, savior through all of this, uh, being able to get out of the house and play some golf and um, you know blow some steam off that way. But uh, up until last week when I went to Tigers uh, summer camp for uh, the kickstart of baseball, uh, I've been home waiting this out like the rest of us. And it's been pretty tough. I've been a, I'm a staff employee, so my benefits stayed in place. My paycheck stayed in place. But 95% of the guys I work with are all freelancers, the guys that shoot the cameras, um, some of the producers, the audio guys, uh, everybody that's responsible for what goes on behind the scenes. They're all freelancers, and their paychecks basically stopped on the uh, 11th or 12th of March. And um, they've been scrambling ever since. Some have gotten unemployment, some haven't. It's been a bit of a crapshoot there, but some of my closest friends have really gone through it financially, as well as uh, with the health of their families and everything else that's going on right now. So been trying times all the way around watching your friends go through things watching your family go through things and and watching the nation go through things absolutely now and so prior to trev uh you washington with the, with the red wings so you work hockey but you also work uh baseball and and basketball yeah i do a few basketball games a year and then we pretty much split up the baseball season uh, as best we can between uh four of us doing some reporting and uh anchoring and, and all the traveling that goes on in a season. It's a bit of a grind, no doubt, uh, starting with spring training. I didn't go to spring training this year. I was still in the Red Wings season, and then uh, everything came to a grinding halt. So uh, training camp 2.0 or whatever you call it for baseball is taking place in Detroit. They were going to go back to Lakeland. Then there was a spike in Florida, so they decided to keep things at the home ballpark. So we've been down there for the last couple of weeks as these guys get ready for baseball. But, um, yeah, I'll be covering baseball, a little bit of basketball, some hockey, and here and there some college things. And how, how, does, that, how does that work? I mean, let's, again, I'm talking about pre-pandemic times. <clears throat> Excuse me. How does it work when, there's, when, when baseball is overlapping hockey? Like, this, is hockey your priority? Uh, you get a mix in. It all depends. Um, last year, the Pistons were in the playoffs, so I just did baseball. And Johnny Kane, my uh, fellow reporter, he and I usually switch back and forth at the start of baseball. Uh, when the Red Wings were in the playoffs, I would stay with them until they finished. Last year when the Pistons were in the playoffs, he stayed with them until they finished, and he came over to baseball. But uh, if there's any crossover in the sports, we just try to put the guy who's on the sport that's continuing to play, leave him with them until that team is done, and then everybody jumps into baseball. And if it's only baseball, then we divvy it up from day one. Gotcha. So, and, and hockey, <clears throat> hockey is your main one. Hockey's yeah, hockey's my main cover, and then baseball we split in the summer. Okay, so there's there's a hockey game in Washington on March the twelfth that never did happen. You're you're going down there to uh, like are, are you in a studio or are you talking to players in between periods? How does that work? Yeah, I travel with the team and um, stay with the team. I'm on site for all the games. We do our morning skate. 
get our sound for our pregame that night, whatever else we need for the pregame that night. We've got a pregame show that's a half an hour long, and then uh, it's intermission guests, and then postgame is an hour long. So if we're at home uh, in the studio, it's an hour long postgame show. If I'm on the road, we're in the, in the room until they close it up, get our interviews, send those back down the line for the guys in the postgame show, maybe a couple of live hits into a postgame show if it's warranted. But, um, yeah, you just it's a traveling road show, buddy. And are things anything any different when you're at home? Uh, really, it's, it's not that much different other than the fact that everybody is on location. We've got a set at Little Caesars Arena, so our, our host and our analyst are there. Uh, if I'm doing sidelines, I'm there in the room down on the bench for pregames, uh, on the bench for any postgame activities. If we've got a walk-off interview or in the locker room getting interviews. So everything uh, at home is at the site. And on the road, the guys in the studio are in the studio, and I'm still uh, on site with the team. And do you think that they'll ever resurrect Trev Takes On? That's a really good question. I, I don't really know, and I don't know if they do get back to that sort of normalcy, how long that's going to take. Uh, but I really don't know how we get back to that, how we get up to being side-by-side side, uh, with your interview subject with a, a microphone in your hand. As you see, everybody now has a long boom mics. They're five feet back. Uh, you never really see the side-by-side -side interaction or – um, in a scrum, you're not, I don't know that you're going to see those kinds of things again. I don't know if we'll have that kind of access to do those features like Trev takes on where you're one-on-one -on -one with the athlete, whether it's on the ice or away from the ice, wherever it might be in their home. I don't know that we'll see those kinds of things again or how long it might take to get back to that, to where people feel safe, where we're not all masked up, where we're not all you know worried about uh, the guy next to you and how far away you have to be from them. I don't know when we get back to that, if we get back to that or how this whole landscape changes. As far as that goes, those were some fun times and interacting with those guys in that way. Uh, it's some of the best memories I've had work-related uh, in any job I've ever had, obviously, just when you name some of the people that I've been associated with along the way. So how you get back yeah, to that, yeah. I really don't know, so I don't have an answer for you there. Gotcha. And, and just so everybody knows, uh, Trev Takes On was a, a, a feature piece that Trev did with uh, several members of the, of the Red Wings. Uh, the one that I love the best is Pavel Datsuk. And, uh, yeah, that guy just has sick hands, doesn't he, Trev? <laughs> He's sick all over. He was just so fluid and so strong on his skates. His sense of balance and the strength on his skates, you really don't know. You underestimate until you see what he does up close and personal, like in practice. He used to do board battles with Chris Chelios, fighting for the puck and how he'd angle his body and how he would balance himself and how he would defend the puck. And you see these kinds of things where he worked on his game uh, in that setting, and you understood how he was able to do it uh, when it mattered most in live action. But this guy was unbelievable. With my own two eyes, top three players I've ever seen. Uh, this guy is right near the top of the list. And you experienced it like on the ice with him. That, that, that was, that's the coolest part about Trev was interviewing him, but then he went out there, and, and, and Datsuk is known as the guy that uh, can he just – the puck's on a string on a stick. but So Trev went out there. Trev, played, Trev grew up playing hockey, and, and uh, he's no slouch on the ice. But Datsuk, he, he made you look like a, a, a five-year-old schoolboy out there, Trev. <laughs> I think we but, played keep away for three minutes, and we, we timed it. We literally timed it. I touched the puck for 1.5 seconds. It's, I, I had I did, control of it. <laughs> I watched it again today, and it is, it's funny. And you're laughing, too. You're laughing all the time, but it's oh. – it shows you how good the guy is. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. That's that's. So I hope that that one day you can get back to Trev takes on. 
but so now you're you're starting to uh, you're, you're in that you were talking about what what's going on now. So uh, I talked the other day, and you were you were just getting to, to Comerica. Like how how does that work? Do you you can you go into the ballpark? Yeah, so what they've got done, uh, set up now at Comerica, they're obviously going to start the season with no fans. So I guess we have a real taste of what covering the games will be like. They had a section right behind home plate. They call it the Tiger Club or the Tiger Den, one of the two. Anyway, they've got club seats with cushions. Uh, it's sheltered under an overhang, so the sun's not beating down on you. But that's the designated media spot, unless you want to go up into the press box. But you have to have your mask on once you enter the ballpark. Uh, before you enter the ballpark, you have to sign a, a season waiver, um, releasing the club from uh, any liability should you get sick. So you sign your waiver, you come in, they take your temperature, you have to fill out the questionnaire, the health questionnaire. Have you left the country? Do you have a fever? Do you know anybody who's had it? Have you had it? That sort of thing. Maybe 10 questions on the questionnaire. Fill that out, get your temperature check, come on into the ballpark, go to the designated media area. They've got other areas roped off. You can't just roam anywhere. Um, in the bowels of the concourse or in the seating uh, area. Uh, you're restricted to an area. You sit in there. You're separated, socially distanced from uh, your colleagues. There were probably maybe 20, 25 people down there that day I was there. Everybody's got their space. Um, they have their little inner squad game, their little workout. And then after that, they bring uh, the athletes, whichever players they select that day, into the conference room. They set up a Zoom you go on the Zoom conference, ask your questions, uh, and then your day is done. You, Like I said, there's no up-close uh, personal interviews. You don't get to sit next to these guys in the clubhouse and just chit chat. Um, they uh, are socially distanced on the bench and in the clubhouse. Everything is socially distanced. There's a mask everywhere. And as far as the interviews go, it's all done via Zoom. I have not seen an athlete up close and personal yet. And that, so, okay, that's baseball. Um, now well, the Tigers, they uh, they they're just doing inter squad stuff there in their home park, and then are, are they going to a a hub? No, there is no hub. You play out of your home ballpark. They're trying to set up. I believe they're going to have a couple of exhibition games before the season starts on the twenty fourth. The travel Tigers will travel to Cincinnati to take on the Reds, and um, we are not traveling anyone. The home ballpark. Their broadcast is responsible for setting up a world feed. So if the Tigers are playing in Cincinnati to start the season, Fox Sports won't travel anyone to that game. The Cincinnati Reds are responsible for shooting the game uh, with their crew. That gets disseminated to whoever has rights to pick it up. So it'll come back to Detroit where our anchors from the studio will call the game. Our control room will put on our logos and scoreboard and, and that sort of thing. And any interviews that we do, we I might have stored up in the can. Those will run all from our control room, and that's how they'll they'll do the game. So I won't travel. I might have a couple of things that we set up beforehand um, that are done via Zoom, and the features will be cut that way, and then they'll just run it out of the control room. But nobody will travel. We're trying to minimize the number of crew and number of people, period, that are inside the ballpark and have access. So our crew will get cut down even when we're at our home ballpark. The number that will be able to come down and, and work the game will be cut back. But that's the way it's going to run. The home team will be responsible for a feed for everybody. It gets disseminated to those who have the rights, and then they uh, go from there with their own people and their own logos and uh, whatever they have uh, Okay. their shows. Okay, so that's that's baseball. You're in it. You've started it. Now, are you getting any communication as to how hockey would look for you? 
Nothing, not at all. Um, the Red Wings are out of this uh, next round for the, the playoffs for uh, the NHL, so we won't know how they're going to work the regular season until it starts again, and whether it's uh, the end of November, start of December, January, whatever it might be. So that has not been laid out for us okay. yet. I'll be interested to see how they work it as far as these playoffs go in the two hub cities and what we might take from that. But um, individual teams, how it might work, maybe it's similar to baseball with a home feed. Maybe by that time, crowd, some, some will be able to come for a bit of a crowd. I don't know. But that will all depend on how the virus works out. But, yeah, we'll be interested to see how that goes once they do start hockey. Uh, so, but but they're they're kind of forecasting November December start of next season, correct? Yes, that's what I'm hearing. Uh, maybe the start of December, um, depending again on the virus, or maybe it's January. But they're planning on having the whole 82 game schedule, and the Stanley Cup will probably run through the summer, uh, from what we've been able to gather so far. And um, it'll all be up in the air, though. Yeah, and, that, and that's a, that's the thing, and that that you know. To ask you, you know, how do you foresee us coming out of this? Like, can can anybody really? Who do you, do you have any comments on that? Like, uh... to me, the whole thing is about being safe. And uh, a lot of people question whether this is the time to bring back sports. I, I understand that there's an appetite for it. Uh, it's a great distraction, but obviously, players with young families, uh, a couple of players have opted out for their own health reasons or their own family reasons. They've decided not to play, uh, whether it's baseball, basketball, or hockey, sports coming back. Uh, soccer's had issues. Uh, I know that with coming back and some um, players contracting the virus on those teams and how they've carried forward. So I think the most important thing going forward for everybody is going to be uh, the health and safety of your own family first. Um, obviously, there's big money involved in this with TV contracts, with player contracts, and, and the like. But I think... The most important thing, I keep going back to it, is everybody's safety. So if they can find a way to do it safely for the regular season, maybe they learn a few things uh, as they try to wrap up the current seasons or with baseball getting started with its abbreviated season, maybe they learn a few things. But what works, what doesn't, and how to prioritize things and how to make people safe. But I think that's going to be the focus going forward, how to figure out how to do this safely if we're going to do it at all. If they can't find a way to do it safely, I guess you're going to have to uh, retract all of this and do uh, Go at it when the virus says you can. And, and now, you know, Trev, you you being over in, in Michigan, um, and and us being able to see the the media with, you know, more of the southern states that are that are kind of having some spikes again. How how's Michigan? Are they you got good numbers there? Or? Yeah, Michigan really did a good job as far as that goes. Um, there was some protests here because of the restrictions the governor had put in place, but. At the end of it all, Michigan was one of the number one or number two states in the country uh, for controlling its numbers, uh, for flattening the curve. Now, when these other countries, uh, the other count, uh, states rather, started to spike again, there was a little bit of a bump here in Michigan. Uh, we saw that, but nothing nearly as bad as what we've seen in the southern states and really just a blip. And it's obviously expected. People were talking about second waves coming through and people are talking about the fall when it mixes in with uh, the flu again and how that could cause another resurgence. So I think we're a long way from being settled on this thing, even in the first wave, let alone getting to the second. But Michigan has really handled it well so far. The numbers have not been nearly as bad as they've been in other places in the country. And uh, the governor, uh, for all the uh, hits she's taken, has really done a good job here in flattening the curve and keeping it flat. 
Good, good to hear. And now, you know, Trev, in, in the middle of this pandemic, this global pandemic, we, we had, you know, what kind of uh, centered around the atrocity that happened with George Floyd, the, the Black Lives Matter movement has become global in itself and, and maybe partially as a result because we have kind of everybody's had a chance to, to pay attention. Um, do you have any thoughts or observations being a black man, a black Canadian who took his career to the States? Any, any, any comments on that? Uh, it's just been a lot. Um, not the black lives matter movement or the protests, but that piled on top of the pandemic piled on top of 45 million people out of work filing for unemployment and people wondering, uh, are they going to be able to send their kids back to school? And, how do you deal with that and trying to get sports back and trying to get college sports going and all these questions and all these different areas that are, that are very serious in their own right, all happening at once. And they were protesting in the streets, not just about Black Lives Matter, but about you know, do you have to wear a mask or not and um, tearing down Confederate statues and flags and, and these sort of things. It's been a lot over here. And to watch the news can be very heavy. and I just taken the advice my mom gave me, um, not just around this, but in, in the beginning of the pandemic, just stay in your bubble, worry about your bubble, worry about your family, protecting your family, staying safe yourself and, and going at it from there. And I really tried to stay uh, basically at home, stayed sheltered with my family, uh, sheltering in place as far as the virus goes, but also just as far as all of the I'm going to call it madness that's going on right now, because there really are some crazy things popping off not just um, down south, but even right here in Michigan, close to home, 25 minutes from me, um, a lady pulled a gun on a, a family, on a, a lady and her daughter in a parking lot at Chipotle because somebody bumped into, one of them bumped into the other one. It's, it's that crazy right now. So my whole take on the whole thing is just try to lay low, um, protect you and yours, stay healthy, and... I think that once we get back to some normalcy, I think that a lot of this COVID fatigue has really got people stressed out. I think people losing their jobs has had people stressed out. I just think there's a lot of stress out there that you want to try to avoid, you want to try to understand from a certain standpoint. But uh, at the same time, common sense has to prevail at the end of the day. And that's what I'm just trying to apply to my life and with my own current situation um, in my little bubble is let's just approach this with some common sense. Um, a mask is a smart thing. Uh, there's no need to go starting fights in the streets and protests. They were necessary. The awareness is necessary, but the violent aspect of it, uh, I think we can do without, and I don't really think it's helping people. I think it's just adding more stress. So trying to minimize the stress, trying to lay low and, um, take it one day at a time. That, that's just how I'm approaching it personally. That, that, that sounds like some good advice, Trev. Um, well, listen, uh, I, I want to thank you. Uh, I want to thank you for taking the time. I know you're just starting to get back into things, but you, you carved out some time for us. So thanks a lot. It's been great talking to you. Hopefully uh, you and your family are all safe, and uh, I'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Scott, I appreciate that, and I wish the same to you and Kelly and the family as well, and all your listeners. Everybody take care out there. Be safe, and uh, take care of your little bubble.
While our doors are closed for the moment, we certainly still are working into the future. If you need anything, don't hesitate to shoot me an email at scott.north at tolive.com. That's S-C-O-T-T dot N-O-R-T-H at T-O-L-I-V-E dot com. Thank you very much for listening.